No, no, I think Breakthrough TV gives bad, bad, bad broadcasting a good name. You're listening to Con Air Radio. Stop whining. It's about to begin. <laughs> It's time for another Con Air Radio, and we're actually here on the floor of the Arizona Game Fair in Mesa, Arizona, at the Mesa Convention Center. As always, of course, we got your host, we got R-Tab. Hello, hello, hello. Cameron, the film dropout. What's going on? And, of course, it's me. That's Jared. How are you guys doing today? Pretty, pretty good. We've got the sun shining out there right now. It is. It's but it is windy, windy as fuck out. Yeah, it's it's been raining the past couple of days out here in Arizona, so... Uh, it, it's it's an Arizona blizzard. It's an Arizona blizzard. It's Absolutely. A, it, it's actually been kind of nice. I'm actually uh, been enjoying the I've been enjoying the rain. There's a couple of lakes out by the house. I had to drive through them. So that wasn't. <laughs> they weren't there yesterday. They, they weren't they there. Are. Yeah. Um, all right. So Arizona game for of course uh, you guys remember we had uh, Andrew Long on the show. Uh, it was what two shows ago. I believe so. Two shows yes, ago. two shows ago. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about the Arizona Game Fair, and we're actually here. We're in the midst of it. Um, what have you guys seen so far? Well, I... <laughs> Dead silence. <laughs> oh. Well, I, as I was excited to, uh, as I was going through the hall and seeing all the different games that people were playing, uh, there was a Back to the Future game, which Ooh. I didn't even know existed, and mm-hmm. then uh, Jared was so kind to, to point out that they also have uh, for sale a Ghostbusters game. Yeah, that the Ghostbusters cool. board game, which I had heard about. Um, it looked pretty cool. I, yeah, I, it, uh, it like looked it. really interesting. It looked like it'd be fun with the right people. Yeah, I, I, babe, I might, uh, I might actually be coming home with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> what about uh, yeah. what about uh, what about you, Artab? What have you seen? Actually, I saw a lot of the games. Uh, I, I definitely. Uh, didn't warrant kind of go through all the little board games that were up for sale. Um, I was actually more interested in the ones that people actually were playing at the tables and kind of demoing. Um, so it was kind of it was kind of nice to see how they're getting into it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, I plan on getting some more tighter pictures of uh, of some of these people playing. Yeah. No, I, I like uh, I like seeing uh, just just the different the complete different variety of games that they got out there that uh, they're not only just demoing but people can just randomly go up like they have an entire library. There's a wall here that's just filled with uh, different types of board games, and dice games, card games. They're letting people check them out, right? Yeah, they're letting people check them out and just play them just to try them out. Which Did you is see the size cool. of the library up there? <laughs> it was yeah, it was pretty big. It's yeah, a big library. So if you want to, if you have an interest in board games, you come on down to the Mesa Convention Center for the. Yeah. Uh, yes. And then shameless a, plugs. Shameless plugs. Shameless plug. And, and of course, they also have a role-playing game room, which is kind of nice for those of you uh, people who like Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop, that that type of uh, imaginative games. I stepped in that room for about a minute, and the intensity was too much. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there, there's a cheap. lot they, of they, stuff in there. They were very serious. <laughs> and that's that. that that's kind of uh, you know par for the course for any uh, any game like that. Oh, totally. I, I remember my. Uh, my almost D and D days. I did uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse and Vampire the Masquerade way, way back. Yeah, way, way back. I kill your orgler. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we got a got a couple people we might actually be talking to while we're here. Got a, there's a couple of uh, different game developers, different people who've actually uh, uh, game uh, designers. Correct. Uh, that we're we're looking forward to hopefully talking to here pretty soon. 
Um, for those of you that want more information about Arizona Game Fair, I know that, that you know it's this weekend where uh, uh, they're they're going to have another one, of course, next year. Uh, but just ch- check them out online, Facebook Arizona Game Fair. Um, they're uh, they're pretty cool. There's a lot of different uh, organizations within it um, that are pretty much helping out, and uh, they they're like renting all these uh, these games out to people to actually have fun and. Uh, and enjoy. Yep. Next year, he said he said they're going to have some panels and they're going to have some guests and doing stuff. So that's going to be gonna pretty be cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess we should go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to go get uh, go get one of the one of the people we'd like to interview and get them here and talk to them for a little bit and see what we got what else we got going on. Yep. We will be right back. BYTS, Beyond Technology Solutions, has a computer repair shop in the East Valley on the southeast corner of Rutgers and University, where over the last three years, it has grown in personnel and in reputation for being affordable and efficient. They do PC, Mac, cell phone repairs, and sell refurbished computers. All right, so uh, we're back, and uh, we got our first guest. We got Mr. Uh, Chris Shainer from Edutainment Games LLC. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank. Uh, well, well, welcome aboard. Um, so you have a video or a, a board game that uh, that you're expoing here at Game Fair. It's actually a deck building game. Deck building it's game. It's 100 percent cards. 100 percent cards. Ooh, nice. So what uh what what does the game entail? What what is it called? Well, it's called Ages. Um, it has a double meaning. It's based on history, but it stands for art, good, evil, and science. Ooh, I like that. An- anagrams. <laughs> yes. Gotta love that. Uses the most influential people from history, uh, most historical locations, uh, relic events. Uh, just basically relive uh, historical events in a deck building game. It's a lot of fun. Oh, nice. So, so it, it's geared more to uh, to educate, of course, because the because of the well, company. Has a double meaning, like the yeah. name. It's uh, you can enjoy the game even if you don't like history. I mean, it's a really solid mechanic, and uh, it's really fun to play. That's good. So, what what's the uh, the age range for this game? Well, it's uh, fourteen and up, just for the complexity. I uh, I have uh, you know some good ideas for the game for the future, but uh, I kind of simplified it a little bit with the base game, just mm-hmm. more of an entry level, so people could learn it. And then I really want to go go crazy with an expansion. To, Nice. Everyone loves a good expansion. Yeah, it's definitely going to be like you know expert level uh, complicated. So (laughs) it's going to be a lot of crazy combos and uh, stuff going on. Could definitely do like a competition gaming type thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, it could be played now. It's a two to to four player game. Nice. So, so uh, do you have any other any other games uh, from your company? I I had one that I was working on. It's uh, kind of on the back burner right now. It's called Zookeeper. It's actually a game for ages six and up for a much uh, younger group. Cool. And so uh, I actually haven't seen another game with a similar mechanic. It's uh, quite a bit different. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to come by and take a look at it a little bit more. Okay, uh, well, I, I can explain that with you. I don't actually have a <laughs> copy with me. Ages, oh, well, no, no, ages, I mean, yeah, a- ages, I'll, I'll def- ages. I'll definitely show you ages. Oh, I, yeah. I come demo, get some free stuff. Cool. So so, a, uh, so how's, the, how's the game fair been treating you? Oh, a lot of, getting a lot of people demoing the game. Uh, not doing crazy on the sales yet but you know it'll pick up well on that part how much does the game cost uh, it's thirty dollars um is the most comparable games of that size are about 50 60 bucks i wanted something a little more affordable you know? yeah that's, that's not bad at all actually yeah nice. i had uh, i w- would have liked to get less but 
you know, smaller print runs, uh, they Absolutely. cost quite a bit per copy, so uh, they keep, couldn't go uh, much lower. <laughs> and uh, can we can we find you online or um, just through Facebook? Just through Facebook. Yeah, I used to have a website, but it, I mean I'm such low budget that I just couldn't afford to keep it going. So, yeah. but well. uh, I use Facebook. I use uh, I'm on BGG. My game's actually on there for sale. Uh, nice. I think I've only sold one through BGG, but uh, I'm planning on doing a little eBay and uh, maybe Amazon. We'll see. Oh, hopefully, uh, hopefully anybody listening in that wants to get the game, it actually looks. Uh, I took a quick peek at it. it looks like a, a great, great game. It's. Uh, I mean, it, would you say it's a pretty, pretty easy learning curve, or a little bit more of a? Uh, the first game is a little rough, rough, but it definitely gets much easier as you go. You're just learning the, me- the mechanics of the game and mm-hmm. uh, learning the cards. Like once you learn the cards, you, you'll see you'll see combos that you didn't see before, and uh, right. and the turns get much quicker. What's the ultimate uh, objective of the game? Just accumulation. Whoever gets the most wins. Nice. I like that. World domination. Oh, no. <laughs> That's my kind of gaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hopefully, you know, people listening in would like to like to get the game. And, uh, of course, uh, fi- find him online. Uh, of course, he's got the uh, uh, got the Facebook page. Is, that, is it under Edutainment Games? or? Yes, it is. All right. So that's uh, E-D-U-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T Games, LLC. So. Yep. Definitely look him up on Facebook, and uh, it seems like a like a pretty awesome game. And I'm, you know, I'm always in the market to, to get something, you know, okay. s- something that's a little more challenging. I actually like the quality of the cards. The the I, I guess the shiny. I I see something oh, yeah, shiny. Yeah, those are extra promotional foils. Yeah, I, I, I saw those, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah, the everybody who Kickstarter got a lot of really cool uh, hookup with the promotionals and foils and exclusive, exclusive cards and. Uh, those are sweet. <laughs> when you're designing a game, what do you find to be the most uh, difficult aspect? Oh, getting the artwork done. <laughs> yeah, artists uh, kind of move at their own pace, and uh, it's, they're not very cheap. Yeah. So, yeah. Not. It took a long time and a lot of money to get the game made. So, so what, what, uh, what would you say initially inspired this game for you? Honestly, the DC deck building game. Uh, okay. What inspired me to make the game was the fact that the expansion for it was just taking too long to come out. <laughs> I, I like the base game a lot, and uh, I wanted something a little more complex, and uh, so I just started making my own game. Nice. That's cool. Do, so. do you have anything else in the works that, that you're probably in the beginning stages of right now? Yes. I, uh, didn't I talk about Zookeeper? Yeah, you talked yeah, you about did. Zookeeper. Do you got yeah, anything yeah, other than that one, too? Or? Uh, I would like to make an expansion for ages, but I needed... Like the sales to pick up just a little bit, uh, the popularity. Okay. As the popularity pick up a bit, uh, I could justify, uh, hence uh, completing the game. I, I want the game to be finalized and uh, have all the cool cards and combos that I envisioned from the beginning. You need to have one of those game-sponsored uh, nights where you get a bunch of people to come in and say, look, I wanna, I'm going to have two or three games set up yeah. and just have them play and play and play and what? bring in their friends. I mean, I envision... Like I want the community involved. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be able to, like the community to help design cards. Like, like what characters do you want to see that haven't been made yet? Like what kind of cards do you? What, like what kind of things do you want them to do? Uh, but that's a, that's the, a pretty good idea. The issue with that, you know, you have to, you know, they'd have to know the game first. Correct. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I get enough people involved, I have some really good ideas for the game. What part of the valley are you actually uh, in? North Phoenix. North Phoenix. So. Yeah. Oh. Maybe it is something that you know that it would definitely be nice to see if yeah. you get a, a specific night together and get uh, some people. I think is it QDC Games? 
few to see. I don't know, they're, they're a new game store, they're here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're actually buying a case from me, and I'm going to set up and do a demo, demo yeah. night up there cool. in the immediate future, probably, so... Cool. Awesome. Well, when when Just you know, yeah, when you know, let us uh, let us know. We'll definitely uh, we'll definitely push you on the on the Connor Facebook page as well. Oh, sounds good. I'll definitely add you. <laughs> All right. Cool. We'll give you good some plugs. All right. Well, uh, thank you again for giving us the opportunity to interview you, and uh, we'll, we'll I'll definitely be by to take a look at that game a little bit more. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll be right back with a little bit more from Game Fair. All right. Clever Art Studios has 15 years of experience. With clients like NASA, the Arizona State Museum, Discovery Channel, Science Channel, and the National Geographic Television. She has skills in animation and illustration. You can find her at Facebook and LinkedIn. And she has her own website, www.cleverartstudio.com. All right, we're back. We actually got uh, Trent Caldwell. Did I say that correctly? That is correct. All right, from uh, livingdice.com. Tell us a little bit about Living Dice. Uh, Living Dice is my website that covers the uh, greater gaming world, tabletop gaming world. Uh, So very rarely do I delve into the digital format. It's mostly uh, role-playing games, uh, board games, a lot of Euro import games. Uh, Part of it's opinion, part of it's covering big events, uh, things like uh, the Gamma Trade Show, which is the big trade show. I go to that every year when I can. Uh, Gen Con. Just general gaming, anything that involves analog, dice, cardboard on a tabletop. That's nice. pretty much the site. And so uh, so you pretty much just blog about, uh, blog about different things that you see and whatnot? Or? See, uh, I do the occasional review. I uh, talk about sometimes technology that's involved. I like to focus a bit more on the business side because that tends to get short shrift, I think, in the community because they spend so much time talking about the games they forget to talk about the companies that make the games. Correct. And they overlook trends, I think, that are interesting to people who want to see more games. What kinds of uh, trends? Trends like uh, currently uh, there's multiple companies, for instance, producing board games. Uh, For many years there was a small company out of Europe called Asmodi. Uh, they produced some games. Honestly, I can't remember one of their games right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happens. Uh, a few years ago, they were purchased by a hedge fund, which has $4 billion under their control. Oh, wow. So Asmodi went from a small, regional, fairly successful European gaming company to a juggernaut. They've purchased their way through several large companies. Uh, Z-Man Games, uh, they produce... Uh, Dead of Winter, Pandemic, they bought Catan. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Catan. I've yeah. heard of it, yes. Yeah, okay, Catan is now purchased by the same company. Gen Con is the world's largest, well, the America's largest gaming convention. Correct. And they have basically taken over huge sections of it just from acquisition. So it sounds like you're being critical of them monopolizing the market? Monopoly, you can't really monopolize the gaming market. Kickstarter is always a viable option. Yeah. So you can always enter the market. It's just I... I just don't know of any other company that is that aggressive, aggressive and expansive into the into the industry. There's giants. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Wizards of the Coast, which does Magic Gathering, D and D, and they're Hasbro, and they're a giant company. But this is these guys are very aggressive, and I don't think their buying sprees over. I think there's going to be some more activity going on. Is the money that good though? Who you can just keep. Buying that? <laughs> this is the interesting thing to me is I've always thought gaming was marginally 
successful in terms of money. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some games that can make a mega ton of cash. Kingdom Death, I don't know if you've heard of this, mm -hmm. uh, new board game, that just miniature combat game that came out, it rolled past 10 million, almost 11 million dollars on Kickstarter. It's now the largest Kickstarter game in history by far. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it is monster, it's huge, but the uh, this Asmodee activity, I don't know, I find it very odd that they're going around buying up all this intellectual property. I suspect they're trying to buy the intellectual property. Okay. And try to leverage that into other areas. That's interesting. Yeah, that is a very interesting way to go. Strong arming exists in every industry. It's not so much strong arming. I mean, they're paying them a fair price for all this. It's not like they're burning down their grandmother's house if they don't sell the products or anything. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> well, I was, I was so. I mean, we, we just got finished talking to a gentleman about uh, him being in and, and, and uh, being on a lower budget trying to build his game and such like that. So, you know, sometimes I can understand where these guys would come in and say, hey, I'll buy your company, and these guys are finally going. I've had low budget on everything else, so yeah, you all to all yours. I mean, I can understand where a lot of people give it up. And, and to be honest, most game companies, especially RPG companies, historically there was no money in it. No. At the very minimum, you broke even, and you were happy with that. There were some companies, obviously, you know, Wizards makes money. Uh, Monty Cook Games also very successful on Kickstarter. They make money. Most folks they produce PDFs, uh, small. Uh, some of the games I know there's a fellow in here doing a, uh, a not a collectible card game but a deck builder card game is the style of game mm -hmm. he's kind of kickstarting that trying to get that off the ground that would uh, be Chris probably with Ages Ages yeah, yeah. I have, I'm actually going to do an interview with him later haven't really uh, I just got a quick look at it just wanted to see what it was about yeah, we, yeah. Ju we just had him here yeah, actually. yeah. <laughs> well I'll write one up then okay. <laughs> non-competitive agreement here that's fine no worries so um so in in your in your how long have you been doing this uh, this blog? Nine years. Nine years. Nine years. I blew a thousand posts a few months ago. Oh wow! Wow. So that's that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's interesting. It keeps me occupied. Keeps me out of trouble on the weekends. I like that. That's always a good thing. <laughs> so uh, so in your ventures, what what would you say is your favorite uh, your favorite game or or your favorite genre of tabletop game? I'm pretty eclectic in that sense, but I don't really have a favorite. I, I am partial to the RPGs because of the open-ended flexibility, followed closely by the Euro-style board games. Mm -hmm. uh, the the traditional American board games, you know, Monopoly and such like that, no, not so much. Right. And, and those are the ones that I relate to. <laughs> they're affectionately known in the community, and please take no offense at this, as Ameritrash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that said... I'll play just about anything that lands on the floor in front of me. As I've grown older, I've become a little less patient for rules-heavy games. I like a little mm -hmm. more strategy. Catan, if you play yeah. Catan, like Catan, that's a great game. Simple mechanics, fairly deep complexity. I just don't want to... I don't need a spreadsheet to play a game anymore. Right. <laughs> in, uh, your, in your time of talking about the gaming industry and community in, in terms of uh, tabletop and all that, what's been the most controversial thing that you've that's kind of come up in in the times that you've talked about where you're like this this isn't cool or this is weird or something along those lines uh personally or just overall sure why not <laughs> <laughs> wow you guys don't make this easy uh personally uh i think there is a move towards safe spaces in gaming and i distinctly oppose that like, what do you mean safe spaces in gaming? This convention, for instance, makes reference to uh, something called the X-Card, which is sort of a new 
trend in gaming. Basically, you put this little card in the center of your RPG table, and if some element of the story disturbs you on a fundamentally personal level, uh, whatever that is, uh, too much sex, too much violence, something along those lines, you can touch it, and then the, the person running the game is supposed to sort of veer off, veer off a little and sort of sanitize a bit. It, it, I don't want to call it censorship. It's more of a please don't hurt me card. Oh. Yeah, no, we, it, my, my D&D group, we definitely do not care about that type of stuff. We're, we're just like, we're, we'll, we'll go into it. Like, there's actually one of the uh, one of the characters one of my friends plays. She's, she, she's, she's, a, she's a whore. <laughs> she is. And, and, and she makes, you know. Where's that card? Where's that card? Yeah, yeah I, I, that's the X card. Yeah, we, 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 we know. We went into this knowing, okay, these, these, are my, these are the type of friends that we have, you know. Why? Why should we have something like that anyway? Like the the, the DM uh, actually brought up the the X card thing, and he's like, "Is there is there anything that's off limits? No, then we don't need this." <laughs> yeah. So my argument is, while I understand it, mm-hmm. I disapprove of it on the theory that oh please, it's going to make me like sound like some pseudo intellectual. Own it. Type. Just own it. Just own it. Yeah. Right, so the guy it. telling the story. The woman telling the story, let's be equal opportunity about this. Mm-hmm. Politically correct. <laughs> is generating a work of fiction. And that work of fiction, while maybe interactive, is their work. Correct. Yeah. If you don't like it, the door is available. Yeah. Uh, I just, no one asked Stephen King to tone it down. Well, they probably did, but he wouldn't have cared. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, no, that's not uh, what it, I wrote. It, it'd be like you know telling Tarantino, "No blood." I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how that goes. The original, yeah. the the book version of it. Anybody ever read it? Yep. Okay. There is some stuff in there that is beyond not politically correct. I think I have the script for Pet Cemetery. One of the when uh, he put mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. I think I have a the actual script somewhere. That was the movie that my parents said, well, we can't watch movies with him in the room anymore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I still remember the old fellow and the, was it a scalpel? Yeah, the yep. kid. The kid with the scalpel. The yeah. For no. me, it was, I guess, uh, you know, my parents would watch movies and I would be in the room and they wouldn't, they wouldn't you know, I wouldn't pay attention because I was very young and they would, uh, I guess I chose to pay attention right at the moment when the kid gets hit by the semi <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, and I freaked out, apparently, and, and uh, the parents were like, nope, well, we can't just watch anything anymore. I, I hear that. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my personal gripe for right now, to kind of okay. tie that off. That's interesting. I didn't think that it did, because um, that, that obviously has ties to, like, the social justice <coughs> movement that's been going on for the last couple of years. I hadn't think it had come all the way into the to tabletop gaming. You, you say that, but it's gotten fairly far into it. Uh, Gen Con is the big convention for gaming here in North America. Right. Attendance last year was 75, 80K. Pretty substantial. And that's unique attendance. That's not Gate. Gate was 250. Oh, wow. It's huge. It's a gigantic event. And this year, they have a special area set aside. This is ironic. <laughs> the sort of... Uh, there's a group called Contessa that's running events. Uh, and they are fairly safe space. You know, we want everybody to be inclusive. And we want safe space. Ironically, they're running it on the Indianapolis Colts football field. That's the space they've been given. So the safe space is a football field. Oh, wow. I feel safe now. Yeah. <laughs> Although the Colts aren't the greatest team in the world, so maybe it is a safe space. Maybe, but. maybe. <laughs> I think it is one of my daughter's favorite teams, so, so I'd love to rub it in on how bad they are. <laughs> 
All right. So, uh, so of course, if anybody wants to uh, wants to follow you, of course, you got the uh, the uh, www.livingdice.com. Uh, do you have uh, Twitter, Facebook? All of the above. It is uh, at Living Dice for Twitter. Okay. Uh, Facebook is uh, Living Dice. I believe there's a page up for it under the domain name. Awesome. Oh, uh, I look forward to uh, to actually subscribing and you know seeing what seeing what you got under absolutely you know nine nine years. That's going to be a lot of reading. It is, <laughs> and it's pretty broad based. Uh, it covers a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you again just for giving us an opportunity, sitting down with us, and just uh, having a nice little chit chat. Hey, anytime. It was great. Awesome. Well, uh, uh, hopefully. Oh, and and one more thing. How 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 are you enjoying Game Fair? Game Fair actually, I have to say, deeply impressed me, uh, and I say that without a wit of sarcasm. For the simple fact, most small conventions in the gaming community. Now, the comic book community is a separate separate beast. Absolutely. E- even the smallest one of those tends to be fairly large just because of the, in, the base. They, they keep, everything keeps growing when it comes to cons. Exactly. Like that, so. so this is a startup. This is the first year for this. Mm-hmm. I am very impressed. It was well organized, digitally enhanced. I mean, my ticket was a barcode. That's, yeah. that's right. amazing. Yeah. Uh, everything was set up right, and the attendance is spectacular i mean he's two three hundred people here in a, in a good venue i'm yeah. very happy yeah for, and we had andrew a couple of nights uh, a couple of podcasts ago yeah uh, and we were very impressed and i wasn't sure what to expect when we first got here so yeah i was a little concerned this morning it was a little thin but now it is kind rocking of rocking exactly <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm i'm very happy with it awesome well uh we'll hopefully we'll, we'll see you around a couple different a uh, couple different conventions coming up uh yeah i'll do uh phoenix comic-con locally and maybe maricopa Con, but i don't know all right, sounds good. All right, well, uh, we'll be right back after uh, after a short break. All right, we're back. We have Justin Leisure here. He is the owner of Downtime Fun, and uh, well, first of all, we want to say uh, welcome. Thank you. And uh, so, what uh, what exactly is Downtime Fun? Well, Downtime Fun's a company that uh, has board game services, and uh, we do a lot of different things. And our motto is: we've designed our services around you. And uh, we, you can rent from us, you can buy from us, uh, you can sell to us, or you can trade with us. And uh, probably the most unique aspect of our business is the rental. I see. I, I noticed you guys have a, a pretty extensive library uh, out there for, for us to look at. Yeah, correct. Uh, currently, the, the library runs about 600 games, and uh, we're always adding to that. And uh, we try and keep the, the newest releases available for folks. And uh, also, yeah, and we go all the way back to the 70s with some vintage stuff. Oh, wow. So what's, uh, what, what would you say is the oldest game you have? Hmm. <laughs> no, that, that, that's a tough one. Yeah, but... off the cuff, I'd probably say uh, Masterpiece from 1970. Oh, wow. That's, that sounds pretty cool. So, uh, so in, in regards to the company, you know, uh, is it something like we can... Uh, uh, we can have you guys come out to, like, say, like a, a big birthday party or corporate event or, or something smaller. Or... We do do events, and uh, the, the bulk of our business is uh, through our website, which is downtimefun.com. And uh, there you can uh, access the games we have for sale. You can also access the rental library. And uh, we, the, the service does run nationwide, oh, uh, nice. but, uh, but since we're based here in uh, the Phoenix area, we're based out of Tempe. Uh, are obviously local rentals are the best deal. And uh, basically the way the, the it's set up is uh, for about five bucks a game, uh, smaller card games are 250 each, but for basically five bucks a game, whether that retails for 50 or 150, uh, you can rent a game for a month and uh, we drop it off at your door and then we pick it back up from your door. You get it for 28 days technically. 
and, uh, and you can play it as much as you want during that time, and basically a try-before-you-buy service. Yeah. Wow, that is... I, I gotta say cool. that that's the first time I've actually heard of a of a service like that where it's it's not just local, it's nationwide, and you can just get a game to rent. Correct, and nationwide, obviously, uh, the cost goes up a little bit just because right. it, the the game t still technically costs five dollars, but obviously we have shipping costs involved uh, right. to get it to to them and back. And uh, we're actually we're currently working on some things to try and get a better value to our nationwide customers, and uh, hoping to have that launched by the end of the year. And uh, just a couple different ideas that we're testing out right now. Nice. Uh, so, uh, of course, we can find you downtimefun.com. Correct. Uh, is there any other like social media sites we can find you at? Uh, currently, no. And uh, I'm a little social media inept, and uh, so, uh, so unfortunately, I, I, I got the website up and going. That was mm -hmm. that was my main accomplishment. So, so what you're saying is you need a media person to help out with the with the company. Ooh. Yes, yes, definitely. Okay, <laughs> media uh, plugs. Me, media plug for for anybody who wants to uh, to get in contact with Downtime Fun. <laughs> um, so, what what do you think of uh, Arizona Game Fair so far? I uh, like it a lot. And I'm uh, glad we're here. And a uh, great turnout, I think, for the first year. And yeah. uh, I think I think it's uh, going to be a great con fair down the down the line. Nice. nice. How, how much of your library have you actually uh, played? Oh boy, <laughs> that's um, actually a good question. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, if I went percentage wise, I'd probably say 35 to 40 percent. And uh, there's, you know, I um, obviously every gamer has a, a unique taste. I. I I play pretty much anything. I'll play anything once, mm -hmm. and uh, but uh, there are. I would definitely say this: there are games in our library that I really have no interest in playing. They are there for the simple sake of others. Right. I was uh, looking through earlier and noticed two movie games that looked kind of cool. I saw a Back to the Future game and a Ghostbusters game. Are there any other uh, movie tie-in games that you're really fond of, like that? No, not off the top of my head. Uh, there's a really old game, vint vintage game, uh, called Thunder Road that is uh, kind of themed after the old Mad Max movie. Kind of yeah. came out about the same time. I and, think uh, I remember that one, actually. That's scary. That, that is, especially, <laughs> especially coming from you. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm old. Wait. All right. Um, so what, what, are, what are you looking for? What are your aspirations for the future with the company? Uh, just continue to grow. And uh, we've, uh, it's, it's been... Uh, kind of difficult, I guess, to, to, to get gamers in the mindset of renting. And I, I think a lot of it is because they've never had an option to before. Uh, if you wanted a game, you either had to come to a, a, a fair or a convention like this, um, or you had to wait for your buddy to buy it, something to that effect. And, um, and so, and, and obviously there's gamers out there that are collectors and they want the items and, you know, right. we'll, we'll, we'll sell to you. We, you know, <laughs> we, we, we'll take that aspect of your business. But there's a lot of folks that are just getting into the hobby and, you know, it's one of those hobbies that when you get into it, you fall in love with it right away. And consequently, you can spend a lot of money in it right away. Right. And so we're trying to make an inexpensive way for people to get involved. Uh, through that also, we, we host some local game nights and stuff and try and get new folks into the hobby. And uh, one of our main concerns is to grow the hobby because obviously if we grow the hobby, we can grow the business. Right. And, uh, and so with that, um, you know, just getting the word out and having those folks know that there's an available option for them and they don't have to go spend $55 on a game and maybe not like it. They can go spend five and know whether they like it or not. Yeah, and that's, that, that, still, that still blows my mind. That's actually probably one of the best, uh, one of the best aspects of, of, that, of the company. I think so. Yeah. So, so if you guys are looking for, uh, looking for a game that you think you want to buy but you're not sure, see if they have it at uh, downtimefun.com, rent it, and try it out for yourself. And if you like it, of course, you can buy the game straight from them. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you for uh, giving us an opportunity to uh, to interview and talk about downtime fun. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you again at a couple of couple of conventions coming up pretty soon too. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> well, we'll be right back with more Con Air Radio. All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, talk a little bit. So we're we're of course still at uh, Arizona Game Fair, but we got a couple of things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, just. Uh, because logistical, lo- lo- logistical, because uh, they came out this past week. There's a couple different trailers that we saw that we wanted to talk about. Uh, of course, we had the trailer for the new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Go go Power Rangers! Go go Power Rangers! <laughs> and uh, actually, one that I'm I'm looking forward to coming out. Of course, Logan, uh, the uh, I'm guessing the final installment in the Wolverine series. Uh, it, it'll, it's uh, Hugh Jackman's last time in the role. Yeah. So uh, he better be that old. He looks old in that movie. <laughs> well, he's supposed to. Yeah. So so but with, his powers aren't working. So he's starting to age more naturally. Exactly. Okay. His powers are, are diminishing, which is which is good, I guess. I don't, I don't know. He's not regenerating quite as fast. Yeah. It's the plot device of the film. Um, but of course, it's uh, it's kind of taking after the uh, the comic book, the Old Man Logan. Yeah, there, I know that that's the big inspiration for it. Uh, it looks low in the in the as far as the movie timeline. It's supposed to take place one year after the future events of Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. So that future that Logan wakes up in after he's saved everyone, uh, where Gene and Scott and everyone's back, it's supposed to be a year after that future. Just, just a year? Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Um, it would. I, I'm I'm kind of finding that a little. Right, I know that was that was when I heard when yeah. I heard that too. I was like, wait, only a year? Yeah. But I get that I haven't heard anyone contradicting it, so okay. and, you know, I guess we'll just have to wait till the movie comes out. But as of right now, that's all the information I have on it. Right. And the movie's coming out when? Uh, March third, I think. Yeah. I believe, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, and of course, we're going to be introduced to uh, to a new mutant, which of course in the in the comic book series X twenty three. Um, she's kind of portrayed in the. She's kind of replaced Logan since they killed him in the comic books. Yeah, and I mean she's got. She's a, the new Wolverine. She, she's the new Wolverine. She's girl, got kind girl of the same Wolverine, abilities. essentially, kind of like when they did Girl Thor and. Yeah, <laughs> Girl Thor. Um, what, what, what did you think, uh, at least trailer-wise? What do you think of the depiction of X twenty three? It looks like it'd be an interesting uh, story. I'm curious to see how she got her metal claws. If they are gonna talk about that at all, or or just explain, well, well, she just kind of has them, but okay. Hopefully, they'll go into a lot of building up her character and who she is, and not just say here she is because you want to see. Right, her. and uh, I mean, it, it does seem like our uh, type. You're you're really gonna like this movie because it looks like there's gonna be a lot of fights and oh, possibly yeah. some explosions. <laughs> lots of explosions, <laughs> lots of fighting, and uh, that's everywhere. Well, we're talking about fighting and explosions. Let's talk about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. All right, so I have a confession. I am a uh, Huge Power Rangers fan. I grew up with Power Rangers. I love it. Same um, here. Same here. I I love the the sh- the Japanese show Super Sentai that Power Rangers is derived from more. Right. Uh, but I've always been a fan, so I've I've had this uh, weird interest in in the new Power Rangers movie. Uh, the new trailer came out. I finally got to see really the only things I was worried about, which was uh, Zordon. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I'm excited that it's Brian Cranston. I don't like the depiction because it's that pin art stuff. They did the same thing in the first X-Men movie. I've <laughs> never liked that aesthetic. I don't yeah. think that it's uh, I don't think it's efficient in, in, in for the world to have uh, a means of display that's used for a, a mechanical pin-based display that seems just like it would be not efficient in the least. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely 
I, I'm kind of hoping they don't go for the whole, you know. But as far as how they characterized him and how he spoke, I, I was on board. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just hoping they don't go, like, with the whole uh, uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain thing. Um, j- just because, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of a purist when it comes to the old school Zordon head in a jar. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm also for the head in the jar. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of wish they kind of, kind of had something like that. It didn't have to be exactly that, but even it was like a globe or something like that, where it's just a floating. Well, head. even even just like a, a holographic digital kind of pixelated yeah. image where the pixels are kind of showing mm. the wear and tear of it to, to achieve that pin art effect that they're already going for, but in, yeah. in a digital. Realm yeah. sense. When we saw Goldar, we saw Goldar, which is literally just a giant gold robot. Gold robot, which mm, shiny. Gold. Yeah, he had character in the show. But you also but got now. you also got to see a glimpse of the uh, of the Zords. Yes, we did see a glimpse of the Zords. So I'm I'm actually kind of excited for that. I saw uh, I was actually in I believe it was Target the other day, and I saw a couple of the uh, the toys. Yeah, the, I've, that were coming out of it, and I I, I like the aesthetic of them. They they kind of bring the new, uh, kind of a little, little bit of a, a of a newer feel to the old robots. It definitely does that to me. Uh, it's too much of the blending of the bio and the tech mm-hmm. for my taste. Um, I kind of I don't like that aesthetic uh, personally. It's going to be whatever it's going to be, and we'll just see if it works. Ultimately, it's going to be have to rely on the characters and the story for the movie to be really successful, and the aesthetic kind kind of comes as an afterthought. But right. just based on the information I have now, I'm kind of I'm pensive because I'm hoping for a really great story and then the aesthetic will just kind of be something that can be glossed over and be like, yeah, it looks cool enough. But what was really great was, oh man, what was, wasn't that fun to watch? Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was definitely a good time just sitting down and, and watching it because I actually saw it the day after it came out um, because I was lazy. But uh, I, I love just the, j- just the looks of it. I'm, I'm actually more excited now than I was previously for for Power Rangers. The last trailer kind of stepped it up a little bit for me because I was like, ah, I'm not so sure I want to go with that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but well, uh, and it's it's a hard it's a hard property to make serious too because when you think of what Power Rangers was, was when it first came out and how cheesy it is, it and was now campy as and hell. now they're trying to go for this kind of dark and gritty tone that I don't I don't know if it's going to fit for the Power Rangers. I think it's more. But I mean, they're going to give it a shot. I like kind of the idea that maybe they're they're more misfits than than, than the teenagers goods. with attitude. Yeah, the the <laughs> pee in the cup joke was pretty obvious, but still. Uh, also, I thought it was I- ironic that it was the Yellow Ranger who was asked to pee in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got that. If I'm not mistaken. Well, of, sure of course you had the joke. I'm black. No, you're not. No, literally I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am. We've got to stick that in. That's a millennial joke. I yeah. Very very millennial. Um, so yeah, hopefully uh, that's coming out again uh, also in March. So that's going to be two big movies. Hopefully we'll we'll go see and report back uh, for the for the nerd culture that, yeah. that, that we're in. Um, Definitely. Hey, hey, at hey, Jared. What? Ask me what time it is. What time is it? It's morphin time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just hope they they actually fit that at least the communicator. They gotta say. Well, I know that they're remixing the song. Yeah. So the song will be in there. I don't know if the communicator tone will be in there. I, I but they have to at least once shout at the camera. It's morphin time. Otherwise, yeah. then they're not they're not capturing they're not, the essence of Power Rangers. They're not real Power Rangers. I'll have to it. redo the whole thing. There'll be another one altogether. <laughs> oh yeah. We we got to cut that. We got to put that in there. <laughs> All right. So um, that's pretty much going to do it for uh, for us at Arizona Game Fair. Um, but I also. Uh, 
pretty much we wanted to tag on the end of this, uh, the end of the show. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to go to Tayukon, which was two weeks ago uh, here at uh, the Mesa Convention Center. I did a couple interviews with, uh, with a voice actor, uh, Mr. Cliff Chapin. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, he, great, great guy. He does a couple of, uh, couple of voices uh, from um, uh, Attack on Titan. Uh, he's, he's, he, he does. He has a, has a whole list of different voices that he does, and I actually uh, uh, had a really good interview with him. And also the guys uh, from the YouTube channel Mega Sixty Four. Uh, they were they were at Taiyukan as well. Sweet. Uh, got a great interview with them, and they're great great guys. They were funny. Uh, j- just a great great interview. So we're uh, we're gonna go ahead and play those right now as uh, we're finishing up Arizona Game Fair. Sweet. We will go ahead and run them. All right, and nice. uh, after that, of course, the show's going to be over, but make sure you catch us next time here on Con Air Radio. All right, this is Jared for Con Air Radio. We're actually at the Mesa Convention Center for Tayacon, and I'm here with Mr. Clifford Chapin, correct? That's right. So how are you doing? How's the, uh, the con treating you? Uh, been pretty good so far. Uh, it's been a... Pretty easy morning thus far. Just yeah. I got in late last night. My flight was a little bit delayed, but not a bad problem. Um, and then otherwise, it's been pretty laid back. That's so, good. Have you been to Arizona before? Or? This is actually my first time. Oh, really? Well, welcome to the Sunshine State. Thank you very much. Well, actually, the, uh, the burning sun state. <laughs> Just be thankful this con is in the wintertime and not, yeah. not in the summer. Well, it's still warm enough that you can walk outside in a t-shirt. It so. is. It is. Um, I'm... I'm regretting wearing my black jeans today. <laughs> uh, so you are a voice actor. Yes. Uh, you've done a lot of uh, a lot of different uh, a lot of different voices, a lot of different shows. Mm-hmm. What uh, what's in your your repertoire? Uh, well, some of the bigger shows that I've been a part of, um, probably most known for being Connie and Attack on Titan. Uh, I'm also Katsuki Bakugo in My Hero Academia. Uh, I play Charles Gray in the Black Butler franchise. Um, I'm like Haruta in One Piece, uh, Yuri Dreyer in Fairy Tale. Uh, just recently, thanks to one of the video games, uh, I was cast as Kaba uh, from the Dragon Ball franchise, nice. um, which that's pretty exciting because I was a huge Dragon Ball fan as a kid. Um, and yeah, those are those are some of my bigger like anime related mm-hmm. um, roles. Now, now speaking of video games, you're actually in one of my favorite video games. What's that? Battleborn. It's Battleborn. Battleborn. Yes. To- Toby the Destroyer. Toby the Destroyer. Uh, for for those of you that haven't played the game or don't really know too much about it, um, Toby the Destroyer is a tiny penguin. He's a bipolar penguin. Bi- bipolar penguin in a mm-hmm. giant mech suit. Yeah. Um, how, how'd you how'd you actually get into into that one? Uh, I mean, that's the classic story of just. The audition came through. I've done work with Ocatron, so I'm on their roster for when auditions come in. Uh, it came up, and I just read for it, which was funny because the, the audition lines weren't even in the, the final product of the game or any of the game or the DLC or anything. But um, uh, So I just sort of read this thing, and then I, I got the character, um, which was awesome. It was uh, an insanely fun role, and... Uh, from 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 the game, I could tell that you, you were having a lot of fun reading oh, yeah. a lot of those lines. The only the only hard thing about that was that there was so there's so much screaming for him, mm-hmm. which screaming is always the the bane of voice acting. Yeah, um, but uh, there's so much screaming that like 
we would have to stop in the middle of the sessions, which is not uncommon. We always take breaks anyway. But we'd have to stop, and I'd have to, like, drink this very specific, like, honey syrup thing uh, that would kind of rejuvenate my voice enough that I could keep going. Like a, like uh, a, like a good throat coat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Trust me, I, I know all about that. Yeah. I, I sing and I do uh, – I'm actually looking to get into voice acting myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, with the podcast and all that, that's – Kind of a, kind of a thing for you know any yeah. any but anybody who speaks. And oh sings. yeah, absolutely. You need to preserve your voice, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes voice acting is not the most uh, uh, friendly yeah profession for it. But uh, what was really funny about that is I also direct a lot of anime dubs, uh, and at the time I was the ADR director. This wasn't publicly known at the time. Um, but I was the ADR, ADR director for uh, a, an anime series known as Diamond Dollar, um, which is a, a adult-only <laughs> audience uh, show, but it's about penguins, like mutant penguins, that drive giant robots. And then I got the audition for Toby, <laughs> and I booked Toby. So I would, like, have sessions for Toby in the morning and then go and direct sessions... For people to be penguins in giant robot suits wow. at night, uh, Toby and the penguins in Diamond Dollar are completely different. But, right, right. <laughs> but it was just—it was like penguins and robots was my life for a, a few months. So okay. So um, out of all the projects that you've done, what would you say is has been either the your your most favorite or probably the, the easiest to get into? Oh man. Uh, when you say easiest to get into, do you mean like, like character-wise? Oh, uh, to fall into character. Yeah. Um, Man, I don't know. That's always a, that's always such a tough question. Um, I'm very fortunate, first of all, to to do so much of this work, um, and so I have a I have a pretty good resume for not being in the industry for very long, um, or at least uh, the the industry in a way that people are aware of who I am, because mm-hmm. um, uh, I've I've studied all production things my whole life, um, so. Uh, Man, favorites. I don't know. Uh, I really like Bakugo. Bakugo is definitely one of my favorite uh, characters I've ever gotten to play because, first of all, he's very different than anything that I've played otherwise. Um, Bakugo is another one that just screams all the time, though, Mm -hmm. so he's really taxing on my voice. I actually had to uh, uh, scale back on voiceover work um, after the season of My Hero Academia uh, because my voice was so thrashed oh, wow. that I needed to, I really needed to heal, and and it was like I was trying to not, uh, not underwork because I I obviously want to still keep working and stuff, but like I would say to directors, they'd be like, would you be would you be interested in being in the show? And I'd be like, yeah, just no screaming. And then by the by the end of the show, all the character would do is scream, and I'd be like, man, I'm not healing. So uh, actually, last season. I kind of had to say, I was like, if you think this character is going to scream one time, do not cast me as the character. So I actually had a, a very light season the past season, and my voice is finally uh, pretty much back to normal, finally healthy and healed. Um, uh, Cabo was a, an absolute thrill for me to get, because so, as I said, I was a huge fan of Dragon Ball mm-hmm. uh, as a kid. Um, Connie, I, I fall into pretty easily. One of my, my favorite roles I ever had, actually, is uh, it was my first lead role in anything. It was uh, Kaito Yashio on Robotics Notes. Um, 
because that was the second that was the second thing I'd ever booked at Funimation, um, and uh, it's my first lead. And the character was so much like me already that it was like I I felt really in tune with him and I understood like his motivation. Um, so there there was an interesting parallel there. Yeah. So it was a it was a very interesting character, even though, you know, that show turns into being about like piloting a giant robot. But yeah. other than the giant robot thing, uh, which I have unfortunately not gotten to do in my real life, um, that's that's always seemed to be one of my favorites. So. Those are those are a handful. So, um, how how did you actually get into the into the whole voice acting industry? Um, well, yeah, I wish it were a more interesting story. Uh, it was just that, like, when I was very young, uh, I had decided that I wanted to follow film production. Like, I wanted to be a, a film director, and um, I took every radio and television and film class I could growing up. Um, I mean, by the age of 14, I was doing freelance video production, um, shooting weddings and editing together their videos. And uh, uh, went to college for it. Um, and then my dad said something, uh, because I'd always, I'd always had an, a severe interest in voice acting. Like, I could watch a cartoon and, and I could pick out who all the voice actors were mm-hmm. pretty much immediately. Um, and I, I just never kind of grew out of cartoons. My dad actually was the one who pointed out. He's like, I can't believe you're, you've always wanted to be a film person because your whole life's been about cartoons. I was like, oh man, you're right. So it's kind of like, well, maybe I should, maybe I should consider that. And um, so I kind of started using things I was learning anyway to pursue after pursue voice acting. And um, I made a little home studio uh, out of my closet back home and uh and i i hit the internet pretty hard like looking for indie games and and stuff and like i got a condenser microphone and um and i just i i booked indie games pretty frequently like i had a a pretty good talent for snagging them which was nice they didn't pay immensely well but it was like oh man i'm actually doing this Mm -hmm. and uh and by that time i had i had graduated from college and i was uh I was working freelance video more, and I was working on bigger projects and stuff, but I would work like 14-hour days and get paid like 100 bucks, you know, and, and you're carrying like a, a, a huge thing of lights and a backpack full of batteries, you know, it's taxing on your body, and you're up early and all these things. It was They were exhausting days for not much pay, and, uh, and then meanwhile, I would get like a, a, a voiceover something and it'd be like well it only pays a hundred dollars but I do it in an hour mm-hmm. I'm like man I, I do it in an hour for this independent thing what I break my back doing in this other gig so I kind of just was like you know what I really want to see if I can go further with this and um, and I lived in Connecticut at the time that was where I grew up uh, and I analyzed the market at the time so uh, this was just after, this was around 2011, 2012. Um, and I was thinking about the market, and New York didn't have a lot going on, even though it was nearby. New York, you know, had Pokemon and, and Yu-Gi-Oh!, but that was really about it, and that's still really just about it. There's right. not a whole lot of voiceover stuff out there. Um, and then there was Texas, and then there was L.A., and, um, 
and I, I thought about it, and I was like, well, cost of living is cheaper in Texas. I have family in Texas. Um, I think I'm going to gun for that. And so I loaded up my car, and I drove across the country, moved in with a cousin. Um, he actually could set me up with a job to help me get on my feet. Right. Um, and then I just pursued uh, Ocratron and Funimation, and uh, I eventually had an encounter with uh, Chris Sabat, who he kind of blew me off, uh, but he was, because, you know, Sabat uh, gets, you know, nine people a day, yeah. you know, being like, I want to be a voice actor. And uh, and so he's like, all right, kid, you know, whatever, just send me, send me your demo reel. And uh, so I went home and I sent him an email my demo reel, my resume, and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'll be lucky if I hear something back in a week. Uh, three hours later, I had an email from Sabbat. Three that, hours. Three hours. That was like, hey, sorry I kind of treated you like crap. Uh, we listened to your demo. Uh, we like your sound. We're going to call you in for something. Um, and then, so that was a Monday. Friday, I had an email for, an, for like an audition thing. Uh, it was a really unique situation where it was, it was going to pay for you to read these lines, but it would pay more if your lines were used in the game, which is the only time I've ever had that happen in my whole life. Um, and, whoa, something's going on outside. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I came in, recorded the thing, uh, and I booked it. And then, uh, not long after, I got a, a message from uh, Funimation saying uh, we want to call you in for an audition uh, which was for the show uh, Bimbo Gamega which is the first thing I ever worked on um, so I got this this call uh, for Joel McDonald went in auditioned uh, and then uh, booked it and that was my first time ever really being in Funimation was for this this show and uh, and the rest was pretty much history, but Joel told me at the time he goes, hey so you're the one that uh, Sabbath didn't really like at first and then heard you right i was like yeah that was that was me he's like oh cool so actually just because of this weird this one encounter with sabbat uh it kick-started all of that oh, wow. that motion and after that i just kind of kept going um and i'm very uh very very fortunate uh that's not not anybody else has that right experience to be honest like very very few very few instances are like that even today, where we we seem to churn out more talent because we're working on broadcast dubs and deadlines are smaller and stuff like that. But um, so I've been very very fortunate, and very lucky. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty good. So is is there anything in the future that you're looking forward to that that you can talk about? Uh, it's it's you know it's hard to say because uh, with the way that we do everything right now, we never know what's in the future anymore. Mm -hmm. Like. Uh, for right now, um, Dragon Ball Super is getting dubbed, and uh, even though I voiced Kaba in the Dragon Ball Xenoverse game that just came out, um, I don't know if I'm going to be Kaba in Dragon Ball Super. Uh, okay. It probably should be me. There's there's very little reason why it wouldn't be. Right. But like, I even I don't know if I'm going to be uh, Kaba. So I'm hoping hoping that comes through and that I get to do that. Um, uh, we have the second season of Garo is going to be coming out pretty soon on uh, home video, which I played the lead in that. That was pretty cool. 
Um, uh, right now, I'm directing uh, I'm directing a show called Akiba's Trip, which is based on a video game, um, but set in its own unique story. So, like, usually anime adaptations of video games are just like, this is the video game, but told as a cartoon, and maybe not as well because we're cutting out a whole bunch of right. content. This is, like, its own unique story set in that world. Um, nice. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. The first episode just came out uh, in English, um, and the second episode will be coming out next week. Um, so that's, that's an exciting uh, thing that's going on right now. Um, I've got other stuff. I do have another show that I've been working on for a little while that I actually can't discuss. <laughs> that one I'm beyond excited about. Cool. But, um, yeah, I can't. Can't really discuss anything else uh, at that point. That, so. that, that's fine. It's, it, at least it's something we can look forward to. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely stuff to look forward to. I don't know what all of it is, but <laughs> <laughs> there, there's something there. There's something there, absolutely. So I also read that you do some work with uh, with Marvel. I did. I was an I was an editorial intern for them in my senior or last year of of college, oh, uh, nice. in my last semester of college. Well, would that be a, a company you'd like to go back to if they if given the chance? Um, yeah, I think I think if I got to work with Marvel now, though, I'd I'd rather work on the voiceover, you know, media side more than the the publishing. Not that I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy the publishing; I love the publishing, uh, and I'm still an avid collector of a lot of comics and such. Oh yeah. Um, but now I feel like my my skill set is more leaning that way anyway. Um, but that was a really cool experience. I loved. I loved doing that, and that was a, that was like the the thing that taught me how to handle NDAs. Like mm-hmm. I kind of always knew how to handle non disclosure agreements, but uh, but I mean, literally my first day as an intern at Marvel, I learned that Marvel vs. Capcom three was coming out. Right. Like, and that was months before the announcement trailer. So it was like I knew, I knew it was coming. I knew what characters were in the game. Like I knew everything, and I was like dying. Inside, because because uh, you couldn't say a word, because I couldn't say anything, and I, I loved the like Marvel vs. Capcom too. I played that a lot, and I love all like all the Marvel games like that. So nice. yeah, so it was uh, that was a super cool experience. Um, yeah. Okay, so w- one thing I've I've interviewed a few uh, few voice actors. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I love to ask voice of uh, voice actors, mm-hmm. and uh, if this is okay with you. Mm-hmm. Choose choose a voice. I mean, if, if it's Toby or if it's one of your other characters, and say something in that voice that they would never say. <laughs> <laughs> say something. Well, it's hard. Toby would be a hard one. There's so many things Toby does say. Um, something they would never say. Like, mm-hmm. oh, tough call, tough call. Um, I guess an easy one. The first thing that I could think of uh, off the top of my head would be uh, Bakugo. Uh, from My Hero Academia, being uh, he has a for anyone who hasn't seen the show, um, he has a very strong rivalry with the main character Izuku, uh, who he calls Deku, and uh, Deku is a, a word that means like worthless or, mm-hmm. or you know no talent, and uh, he just calls him like loser and and nerd and stuff like that all the time. But like Bakugo would probably never say eh, Deku's pretty cool. <laughs> so, like, uh, but that's probably the the most prominent thing I could see. Nice, Connie. Connie, be like, I don't know. I don't think the Titans are that bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> and actually, I gotta say, Attack on Titan is actually one of my one of the f- first 
animes that got me into mm-hmm. actual anime, and uh, and now now seeing you and hearing the voice, I'm like I, it complete reverse <laughs> of what I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But it's just uh, like um, actually I had an interview with uh, Darren DePaul, mm-hmm. uh, also from. Um, uh, from Overwatch, he played Reinhardt. Oh, okay. okay, and uh, he's just just short, stocky guy, and he's got this huge character <laughs> that you think it sounds. You think he'd be the Jolly Green Giant, right? You know, so right. it's it's kind of kind of interesting to see the voices behind or the character or the per, the person behind the character and right. the voice. Yeah. So um, so where can we find you online if we want to follow you? Well, if you want to follow me, uh, I'm on Twitter as uh, at Clifford Chapin, at C-L-I-F-F-O-R-D-C-H-A-P-I-N. It's just my first and last name, nothing special, no underscores. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I have a a Clifford Chapin voice actor page. Um, I don't keep up with that as well as I probably should. Uh, Twitter is the easiest way to find me, like, out in the world. Um, I think that's about it. Really, uh, yeah. Twitter's usually the, the thing that I'm, on the most. Just tweeting random thoughts. Sometimes I say funny things. That's what I say in my bio. Sometimes I say funny things. So, sometimes I say funny things, and sometimes people find them interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. Occasionally. All right. Well, uh, thank you for the opportunity for the interview, well, and uh, hopefully you enjoy uh, enjoy Taiyukan. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate uh, you having me on the show. All right. Well, uh, we'll be right back with another interview here from the Mesa Convention Center at Tayukon. All right, we're back here at Tayukon and uh, we got another interview going on with the guys from Mega 64. How are you guys doing? So good. Doing Hello. great. First time hey. in Arizona, digging it. I yeah. just want to say it's an honor to be on Con Air Radio. One of my favorite films is Con Air. I love <laughs> yeah. Nicholas Cage. For my money, John Malkovich just takes okay, it. There, 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 there's, there's, there's no no affiliation with, with that movie. What? Well, then this interview oh. is done. And <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, you you said it's actually your first time in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. my first time. Yeah. What What's the thing to do in Arizona? Are you from Arizona? I born and raised. One of the One of the few that actually got stuck here. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The girl mm-hmm. who dro- drove us over here, I asked her what there to do in Mesa. What's there to do here? And she said nothing. Yeah, that's. And then that's she said no Taiyukon actually. And then after oh, that, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Taiyukon's probably the only thing going on right now. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. Arizona's pretty pretty good if you like old west type stuff. We got a couple old west towns. Oh, oh I like that. Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I'm but, stoked. Yeah. So uh, real quick, let's go ahead and do some introductions. Oh, sure. So, uh, so yeah, I'm Sean Chatfield from Mega Sixty Four. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, listening to me out there on the airwaves. This is the succulent voice of Derek Acosta. Ooh, good. I like that. that. I nice. like that. This is Rocco Bodie. Um, the basically the reason to watch Mega Sixty Four. Kind of just the heartthrob. Well, this is an audio yeah, interview. Yeah, so, well, so. picture in your mind the embodiment of sex. Yeah, you know what? A lot of times, that. like, like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Picture but in your mind. Just, and then that's why, yeah, wait a picture. If you could accurate, see the guy correct. talking yeah, yeah, right yeah. now, Derek is so. He'd be laughing as hard as I am. <laughs> so turned on, he can't help but laugh. <laughs> True. So yeah. it's a coping mechanism. But I'm when Rocco here. turns people on, he's used to hearing them laugh. Yeah, right. because exactly. they just can't. They they're like, <laughs> it's perfect. Right. <laughs> so, 
That's what I'm used to. So, uh, so you guys do a series of videos on YouTube. You guys have been doing this almost what nine, almost ten years. Well, now, we've been or? doing it before YouTube. So we started in 2003. So we're pushing 14 years now. Which yeah, is wow. pretty crazy. Wow, I didn't realize it was that. Wow, <laughs> that's gross, oh, dude. Oh. Yeah, you guys, are, guys are feeling kind of old now. Oh it's almost God. like half our lives. So we're getting to that point where it's gonna be half our lives. Yeah, for I wow. don't, I don't feel old, but it is strange that I've been doing something for 14 years. Well, I, mean, I must be old. You, you, <laughs> you guys, you guys like what you're doing, right? Yeah. So that, yeah. that's pretty good. So uh, for those of you, for those of people who haven't seen the videos, which I really don't imagine there's a lot of people who haven't, uh, what do you guys do? Uh, well, it depends. A lot of it is it's all humor. We try at least. And uh, it uh, revolves around video games. It may be us out in public recreating a video game that we played and doing the aspects in that game in real life and seeing what happens. Or it's us just, you know, in our studio, like, with, like, you know, still like a joke about video games and everybody. It's like, you know, it kind of depends. It changes every day. Yeah, we, we do like short films sometimes, kind of, sort of, yeah. that are centered in the video game world. And maybe it's something that struck us weird about something in the game industry or, or maybe it's just something we wanted. Maybe it's just something we wanted to do to be weird, and yeah. but it's still always connected to that world, I guess. We have a YouTube channel. There's uh, 387,000 subscribers and 136 million views. So oh, wow. If you haven't seen our videos, you should check them out because people like them. I, I got to say, actually, the, the video that actually got me to subscribe to you guys was the Resident Evil oh, yeah. uh, wow. Merchant. Nice. Yeah. Now, what'd you buy? Classic. <laughs> And it, it was honestly, one of my friends sent it to me in an email, and they're like, dude, you got to watch these guys. They're hysterical. Yeah. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, these guys are they're, they're, they're hysterical, and they're going to get arrested. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you know what? You know the weird thing, though, What's with that? that? And that's, we did, that's not our video. That's, that's, that's Markiplier. What? Oh, weird. That yeah, is that so was weird. Mark, that was Markiplier's that's first so video. Crazy. Uh, you know, when we, were, we, when we were preparing that day to go out, I had never had a feeling before that we were doing something so wrong. Yeah. Like, we'd done so many videos. It, but yeah. that was the time where I was like, guys, I really, I just feel like, mm, like this one is really going to get us in trouble. And everybody was like, no, nah, we're fine. <laughs> Don't doing worry anything. about it. About 20 minutes later, there were guns being pointed at us. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yep. so ha have you guys officially gotten arrested for no. anything? No, the police have come in a couple. That was one where, like, five police cars showed up because they got calls they thought he was a, they thought I was a terrorist. They thought I was a flasher. They got all kinds of calls. So oh, wow. five police cars showed up, and it was scary. But once they figured out what it was, it was like, all right, fine. Um, but we've had, police have shown up a few other times. We've gotten out of there. But there was another time we did a video for the game Journey on uh, that was a PlayStation game. I've seen that Journey. One. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, Sean was just a character from Journey. I mean, it was just yeah. the most innocent skit we ever filmed, just kind of fluttering around as this character. And someone called in that he had a gun? They, yeah, said I had a gun. So when I got stopped by the cops, the, the guy was super nice. And mm -hmm. he was like, look, I can clearly tell you're wearing tights. You're, you don't have a gun. But I have to frisk you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he frisked me, and he was like, well, you're good to go. I mean, I mean, he didn't ask me to take my mask off. He didn't care. Like, oh, he just wow. had to like, you know, just go through the steps, and then he was... Yeah, yeah I, I actually had to show my fiancé that video because she didn't believe me that... That somebody actually called that you had a gun. Yeah, it was so weird. It's like, no, seriously, this actually but I think, happened. I think people were annoyed by me, so they wanted to get back at me. I yeah, think so. I yeah. legitimately think nobody thought he had a gun. Yeah. They just wanted him out of there. <laughs> right. Which is understandable. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, but in the day, I wasn't really harassed and we got good footage from it, so I can't right. really complain. Exactly. So what is, uh, what is the future hold for Mega64? Uh, we are in the midst of working on... Um, 
when we started out doing Mega 64, it was originally for public access. And we we did skits like the ones that we're talking about, but it would be part of like a bigger, like a half hour show mm-hmm. um, with a story around it and stuff like that. And uh, we did those episodes, even when we continued doing things for the internet, we still made those episodes and we put them out on like DVDs like years and years ago. Uh, well, this year we're getting back to that. We're doing kind of a, we're doing a, a feature length Mega sixty four, almost like a almost almost like a movie, like a like a long form thing that has those kind of skits, but also a bigger story. And uh, trying to yeah, we're basically doing Mega sixty four version four point one yeah. is what it's called. And everybody and, uh, listening is actually really lucky. Oh, <laughs> so lucky! Guys. Versions so lucky. Versions one point three were exclusive to DVD and Blu ray. Oh wow! Version four is going online for free yeah. for the whole world to see. Nice. Yeah. So, so if you guys if you guys want a challenge, look those uh, look up for those DVDs and Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to mega64.com. Go to shop.mega64.com. Pick yourself yeah. up some DVDs and Blu-rays. You can get a box set of all those old shows, but this new one is going to be awesome. It's going to be really nice. really cool. So we're working on that. So uh, any any video games you guys are looking forward to to uh, to kind of spoof or work with? Oh, I don't know. Um, you know what? I've been playing actually a lot of uh, Overcooked. Have you played Overcooked? Overcooked. No, what's that? So, shouts out. I wish I could remember your name, but a fan sent us a copy of Overcooked and said you should play this on Friend Dimension. <clears throat> we have a show, um, Friend Dimension, where we play video games together, mm-hmm. just kind of hang out, shoot the shit. And I've been playing Overcooked at home because it's been Christmas break. We haven't been hanging out. And it's a cooking game where you oh. and your friends have to like run a kitchen and share responsibility, like prepping vegetables oh, and man. cooking them. It's really fun. It sounds simple, but it gets hectic because... Uh, like if you leave your pot on the burner for too long while you're preparing vegetables, it'll catch on fire and the whole kitchen will start burning down. Oh, and wow. Yeah, I just started getting flashes of a video of like uh, us trying to cook and we're burning down the kitchen. And I just think it'd be really funny. So <laughs> there, there you go. go. Keep That'd an eye out good. for that. Anything where we have an opportunity to set fires and burn stuff down. Oh yeah, I Fair think that's good potential good. for a good the video. Police love that too. For a good well, video. Well, well you, you come to Arizona in the in the dead of the summer, mm. everything's on fire. Okay. So, hey, so. we're from California. We start fires in October. Yeah. Though, so we're <laughs> gonna, like, we yeah. invented everything's on fire. <laughs> there you go. So um, where can we find you online? Of course, you've got the, the YouTube channel. Sure. Yeah. Uh, look us up on, uh, obviously, yeah, YouTube, Mega64, but also Mega64.com is where you can find, is the hub of all the stuff we do. Because we have, like, we, have, we do a podcast. We have a, we have a, a, t- a constant Twitch stream of all of our decade and a half worth of stuff mm-hmm. geez nice. uh that's all on there uh, yeah mega64.com is most you can find everything there cool yeah and we set up a patreon patreon.com slash mega64 and uh we send out every every three months we send out like a super fan box of exclusive merchandise it's pretty cool so people should check yeah. that out too uh patreon.com slash mega64 cool all right, well, uh, thank you guys for the interview, and uh, look forward to seeing what else you guys are going to be putting out here shortly. You know, especially that uh, that full length feature. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna definitely be good. looking. It's going to be that. good. We're, yeah, it's going to blow away any of the. You know, I just saw La La Land recently, mm-hmm. and I just yeah. want to take a minute and and say what a pile of crap it was. You know, because I read our script and it was just like wow, uh-huh. wow. It's a lot better. Yeah. You know, like uh, twenty sixteen just wrapped up. A lot of celebrities died, and I say good. Yeah, just kind of good. 
clear the lane for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Finally, because it's hon our time. honestly, none of them were really kind of up to snuff. weren't good enough to be in our new movie. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> you, so, so you get 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 the get the fresh they, talent. Heard, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what we're clear talking out about. Right? The you heard about all the all the celebrities that died. They are that was that was the auditions for our movie. Oh, that's why that all happened at the same time. Oh, okay. That, that's, and we that's said, uh, yeah, guess what, guys? Daniel Day's got it. You don't. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they went, huh, we out. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and Sorry, they went completely. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Uh, Alan's last word. This interview got dark real quick. We um, dark turn. <laughs> no, we're talking about how great our, our <laughs> we're talking about how great we are. We're so awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, positivity. So version 4.1 coming later <laughs> this year. That's how good it is. I think it's kind of a positive note. Nice. All right. Well, thank you guys again. And hopefully uh, we'll, we'll see you guys sometime in the future in a Another convention out here in Arizona. Sounds awesome. good. All right. All see right. you then. Yeah, All right, you. guys. So we'll catch you again later here on Con Air Radio. Great film. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, Bullshit! What a wonderful world. Where are you going? You're going to pick a fight. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed.